When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together, we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to the Tudor Dixon Podcast in the Clay and Buck Podcast Network. Welcome to the Tudor Dixon Podcast. I'm Tudor Dixon, and I'm glad you're joining me today. But before we get into today's episode, I want to talk to you about Consumer Tax Advocate. Look, you all did the tough thing during COVID. You paid your people, you pulled your business through the pandemic, and now doing the tough thing could actually qualify you for up to $26,000 per employee at covidtaxrelief.org. Government funds are available to reward companies with two or more employees who stayed open during COVID. It's not a loan and you don't have to pay it back, but the program is complicated. No one knows more about it than the CPAs and tax experts at covidtaxrelief.org. Pay nothing up front, they do all the work, and they share a percentage of the cash they get you. Businesses of all types, including nonprofits and churches, can qualify, including those who took PPP loans, even if you had an increase in sales. You did the tough thing for your employees during COVID. Let covidtaxrelief.org help you get up to $26,000 per employee. Visit covidtaxrelief.org. That's covidtaxrelief.org. Again, covidtaxrelief.org. We're going to jump into it with one of my favorite people, one of my favorite faces to see when I go to Fox, Jimmy Fela. He is the host of Fox Across America. He's on every day from two to three on the radio every weekday. And he pops up on Fox News quite a bit, which is why I see him when I'm there. And he's one of the funniest people there, but I don't want to give him a big head. So I'll just bring him in. Jimmy, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you for that sweet intro. You read it just the way I wrote it down. <laughs> so yeah, you. no problem. I'm, thanks for it. sending that ahead of time. I'll Venmo, yeah, I'll Venmo <laughs> you for the funny compliments. But it's, it's good to be here, Tudor Dixon. And yes, by the way, my radio show really quick. Uh, we should let your podcast listeners know you are a fan Aww. favorite on that show. So they're not the only people with weird <laughs> taste. 
So I just want my audience to know that I saw you in Michigan a few weeks back because you came to Holland, Michigan. And for people outside of Michigan or people inside of Michigan, they'll get this, that Holland is a group of people that have like a stiff upper lip, right? They've kind of got that very, they're very... um, very Christian there. They don't really talk about dirty stuff and your show had some dirty stuff in it. A few swear words. <laughs> and we were sitting there and we're like, I'm not sure how this is going to go over with the Holland crowd. Like the very conservative mm-hmm. Holland crowd. They loved you. It was, I mean, you really are Aww. so funny. And it was like their guilty pleasure to come out and just listen to someone be funny. And I think that's how we all feel about comedy these days. If you are laughing at comedians, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't want people to really know that I think it's funny, but we should be allowed to laugh. A billion percent, but you got to ease up on the compliments because I'm going to have to give my drug dealer a raise. <laughs> you know, so that's, it's, you know, you're, you're, you're helping and hurting. I'm kidding. But here's the trick to comedy. And this is why the people got it in Holland and they get it everywhere else. Most people, Tudor, know the difference between a joke and a hate crime. Right. But what's happened in the age of social media is like we're dealing with a weaponized type of censorship where they're kind of blurring the lines between jokes and, you know, actual threats to the rest of the world. But what you find as a comic, and this is very important, okay, is you hear an adage thrown around a lot called read the room. Oh, you got to read the room. But the truth is, Tudor, I say this all the time. If you're a real comic, your job is to lead Mm. the room. You don't look around and let that's them set the terms of the negotiation. You're the only dude with the mic. So if you notice, like when I come on stage, I kind of issue a disclaimer that, yes, I'm going to say a bunch of things that would get me fired on TV. <laughs> yeah, that's but true. that's the whole. But, but it's true. It's absolutely true. And I kind of make this explanation that I was a feral cat and Fox domesticated me and took me in the house. I said, and you know, this is my chance to get out of the house and kill a few birds, you dig? And that's what I'm kind of doing for an hour is I'm giving them the same permission I have because the truth is everybody wants that. Like when you're laughing, okay, when you're laughing, you are isolated with pure joy. It's the greatest thing you could ever hope for on this earth. So I think if you're just willing to confidently fly into that storm, I think audiences are on board. I think it's always been a tyranny of the minority when it comes to- But don't you think that has always been the appeal of Trump in the political space is that he jokes around, people see him as just a regular person. They see him as, they, they see themselves in him. And that's why you've seen more and more, I would say more politicians, but even- more people on TV, news anchors, even becoming more personable, sharing their own stories, sharing their lives, because people like to feel like they're around someone they know that's like them. They want a real person. They don't need like a carefully curated soundbite that was clearly combed over by five strategists before it came out out of the guy's mouth. That is, you're right, the hook of Trump. is like Trump ran for president the way most people run for president of their fantasy football league. Like he's just insulting everyone on the group chat. There's memes, there's yo mama jokes, but people like it. Cause like, you, you know, like you said, it's refreshing and he is, it's funny. The tail end of all of that, what we called cancel culture is I think people got so sick of having to worry about what they say that it was kind of refreshing to see someone who didn't worry about what he said. And I do think that's his appeal. So, so speaking of cancel culture, Lizzo, 
She has been this like champion of you're not going to tell me what my body should look like. I'm going to be a singer. I'm going to dance. I'm going to dance really with barely any clothes on and probably not be the typical person you want to see dancing with barely any clothes on. But now, Uh and this was like embraced, right? When we would talk about the new body type, we're like, Lizzo is the new body type. Now, I don't necessarily agree that that's what we should be aspiring to, but the idea is you're not going to weight shame people. This is going to be, we're going to accept all body types and say they're beautiful, whether or not people with COVID are getting sicker because they're overweight or weight causes all kinds of other problems. We're going to accept this. Yeah. Now, but now it sounds like Lizzo might not be accepting this because she has a lawsuit slapped against her saying she's weight shame people. She's done some other other things that I would say are over and above the weight shaming that we yeah. could get into, too. But the weight shaming I find interesting. Oh, yeah, definitely. And to be clear, they're right in the saying that all types of bodies can be attractive. And if you don't believe them, you should see my search history. But stick with <laughs> me. Okay. Where's everybody going? I thought we were recording this. What's happening? What do you mean my mic's cut off? <laughs> Stick with me. Okay. I thought we were having a good talk. Okay. It's absolutely true. But the reality is when you're pushing that very specific body type, as you you know noted, it does come with increased health risk, which is bad. That's why I've always said the best thing Lizzo could do for society would be to become a Republican. Because if she was a Republican, you know, they would completely turn on her and she wouldn't be body positive and fabulous. They would call her every name known to man for an overweight person. Like, look what they do to a gay conservative. Look what they do to a, a black conservative. Lizzo is a Republican. If she got on Twitter right now, is like, I'm a Republican. OK, she wouldn't be brave. She would be fat, according to the Democrats. Not me. She's fine. It's great. But the fact that she's flipping out on people, I love because what's happening is, Tudor, and I guarantee you this is the case. Okay, when people take, uh, I don't want to call it woke, but when you get, uh, you know, so to speak, you start riding this wave of empowerment, like you go, girl, you're brave for not wearing makeup or this guy's great. He doesn't shower. He's standing up to norms of showering. I'm like, that guy's not brave. The guy who sits next to him on the bus is brave. Okay, the other guy's not brave. He's just a dirtbag. Okay, but what happens is I don't doubt she liked she started to ride that wave because there was a lot of notoriety and it felt good. Everyone said I'm brave and I'm fabulous. But at the end of the day, probably doesn't like feeling that way all the time. Mm. I can tell you that I'm not, you know, saying I'm a manatee. But if I wasn't on cable news, I'd probably be a before model. You know what I'm saying? I'd be in like half of the split screen. And like if you're like (laughs) fat, fat, it's not comfortable. Like when it's hot or you're going to travel or you you ever go on a roller coaster fat. I mean, you haven't, but it's not ideal. So I don't doubt there are. Hey, I had twins, so I know what it's like to have a lot of extra weight (laughs) on your body. (laughs) (laughs) And what I like about you is you didn't bother getting rid of it after. I'm kidding. I love you too. What do you mean? What's going on? I thought we were friends. I think we could just be, I'm kidding. I love you. Uh, but stick with me. Okay. The whole hook of it is, I don't doubt there's a part of her that resents the kind of, the, the kind of role they've built for her. You know what I mean? She's right. an artist. She's creative. Right. She writes songs, which means she wants the intellectual latitude to go wherever her creative instincts take her. And the woke left was just like, no, no, you're just big girl now. She's, oh, we just want to hear from big girl. It's Friday night. You're big. You're happy about being big. Everybody else who's big should be happy. And they, they have every right to be. But as an artist, it probably becomes frustrating to be the one note guy. Or yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember, remember, I think it was Adele who lost a bunch of weight. And then the left came out and they were like, but you didn't do it the right way. <laughs> 
she was though. This is part of it though. Uh, she was the only human who lost weight during the pandemic, and everyone. <laughs> Everyone was mad. That was the best part about it is if you saw pundits talking about it on TV, I'm like, dude, you got a little ranch dressing on your face there. You know, <laughs> people are literally, literally chewing like, I don't think she did this the right way. It's just, that's gross. I know. I know the COVID was brutal for all of us. And I think that's why people embrace the fact that, oh, like that she's a performer. This is OK. You see all of these things now, like people, all performers got overweight. I mean, look at yeah. Sam. Smith, whatever is happening there is just increasing in size as well. But this was, this is brave, but look at these performances. Okay. They've gotten more sexualized and more sexualized. And this has been a complaint that we've had for years over the, the uh, Super Bowl's performance, the halftime performances. Like, can we even have kids watch the halftime performance anymore? So now like part of this complaint about Lizzo is that she had them perform at this Amsterdam club mm -hmm. and it was incredibly sexualized in there. Yeah. And people are like, oh, my gosh, there were dildos launching out of people's private parts, bananas being eaten from them. This is outrageous. And I'm like, does this really surprise us? I know. I mean, when we look at these performances, are you like horrified by this? I'm like, this is literally a person who is going out in the most scantily clad outfit like she has as has as tiny of amount of of coverage of her private parts like why are we shocked by this <laughs> by the way can you re-say the part about the sex party just a little slower <laughs> no because this is a family show it's I, yeah no i could tell but stick with me there okay <laughs> first of all the reason there's backlash is because a lot of the people okay understand that wind up at that party you know, didn't know that, that that's what they were walking into. You know what I mean? When it comes to the sex party and that performance, like normally if people want to see that sort of thing in 2023, they go to a liberal kindergarten class, you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you don't expect this sort of thing in Amsterdam. What do you think this is pre-K in a, in a blue city? But no, what, what, <laughs> it's so true. But what's crazy is, yeah, they shouldn't be shocked for it. Like in that regard, this is also opportunistic on the part of the people suing Lizzo. You knew the deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, you right. Know, yeah. It's like if you got a job singing backup for Bob Marley, you can't sue because you smell like weed at the end of the concert. OK, <laughs> right. we know that's the deal. <laughs> like, you know, if you worked on the set of Tiger King, you can't sue because you're like, wow, there was so much leopard print in the, all the Carol Baskin <laughs> closets. You knew it was coming, Tudor. That's the part I don't buy. But they can sue because this is the one thing that's thrown off our compass. This is important. Okay, we've broken our compass in society because we've switched the roles of what we champion. We used to champion here's to the winners, but now it's a society of victimhood over victorhood. And people now leave the house not looking to conquer, but to be wronged, but to find some type of grievance in their day-to-day -day existence that can be exploited for notoriety or promotion or a lawsuit. And it's kind of like, to me, it bothers me because we're just rewarding the worst people. You know, it has nothing even to do with their political affiliation. You're just terrible if you do that in either party. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't you think that this, the people like Lizzo are the people that have created this society because they are the ones who are saying, like, you should feel like a victim. You should go out there and fight this and Uh tell them that they're hurting you. But this is what I say about even in the political world. I'm like, be careful what you wish for, because this is coming back for you. When I look at all these indictments right now, I'm like, why are you doing this? Because you know, it's coming back for you. I've had a lot of people say to me, don't you think that we should be impeaching Joe Biden right now? And I'm like, Get him out of office. Why would we go through another year and a half of watching, paying for all of these hearings when it'll help him get back into office? Just vote him out. Use the the tactics they use and show the truth on television. Don't do this. I mean, we just continue to go back and forth at each other with legal stuff and never move the country forward. Well, that's that's the problem right now. As a parent, you've seen this. I know some of the viewers have seen this. There's always that story where a kid doesn't want to share a toy. You know what I'm saying? And the two kids tear on the toy so much, it just breaks in half. And that really does feel like what the country is right now. It's like we're both fighting for possession of the toy and it's just ripping apart in the backseat of the car. Like, I'm going to I'm going to turn this car around, Tudor, if you guys don't behave. Yeah, we uh, will well, give you an example that just came out in Michigan today. The Whitmer administration is giving seventy five hundred. I think it's seventy five hundred dollars to any mom in Flint who for, for, you know, anyone who's pregnant, anyone who has a baby automatically is getting seventy five hundred dollars. And honestly, like, what is the argument there? Flint is a very um, depressed area. These people will they need this money. This is for a pro-life person. You should be like, absolutely. Yes, this is fantastic. This is telling these moms to have the baby will help you with the medical care. All of that is a, that should be a good thing. You've got Republicans coming out and saying, you're just going to give out checks willy nilly. I'm like, why? This is the argument over the toy and breaking it. You should be saying, good. This is a good thing. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I mean, if you're pro-life in the long run, that would be the win. But this is the part is like everything has to be a battle line now. And that's stupid. Like it's stupid when either party does it because you kind of discredit yourself because there are moments where objective observers watch and go, there's really no reason to be mad here. This is performative. And when you look performatively angry or, you know, performatively contesting an issue that shouldn't be contested, that's when you kind of discredit yourself. I mean, it's if you were to really take this to a big box, that's what happened with the border wall. I mean, most people, yeah. okay, know that we should have some type of a border wall because both political parties have supported it prior to Trump coming down the escalator and being like, build a wall, you know? And when you realize that people are opposing that just for the political expediency, it discredits them. So to your point about Michigan, yes, you got to pick your battles better. Right. So so that's a great example, because in New York, you're living that right now where in New York, they're going, hey, hey, we got to close the borders of the city. Yeah. So we can't take any more. And we're all going this is kind of what we've been saying. Yeah. And then they send these flyers down to the border. And I love, did you see these yeah. flyers? They're literally like, go anywhere else. They actually have arrows to other places in the country. Go any place <laughs> else. New York sucks. <laughs> it's, it's like New York's expensive. It's, dude, it's the like, food is, is sparse. Don't come here. It's like the coyotes tricking the roadrunner. They've painted a city. <laughs> They've put up a picture <laughs> of a city with like the Empire State Building trying to get them to walk that way. That's embarrassing. And it's like it's the end result of their policies, like certain basic things as a society we should be able to agree on. But we live in this age of incentivized conflict where we can't just shake our heads and fight somewhere else. We have to fight everywhere. It's it's, it's rough, Tudor. It's rough. Yeah. No, it's the, the land of no compromise. You're exactly right. It's not as because we are the one party believes something. And I always say we have to live in absolutes right now. And that is painful because no matter what you do, if you have, I even talk about a friend of mine who she's, she got divorced. She said, Oh, he always wanted this. He never cleaned this. And he says, she always wanted this and she never did this. And I'm like, it was always and nevers. And when you live in that, it's even for two people, it is impossible to stay together. And so we are now two parties that are in living in absolutes. Either you have the border to totally closed and no immigration reform, or you have the border totally open. And the reality is both people on both sides know that's unreasonable. There is a place to meet in the middle, but it is all about election time now. And it is all about how much can we manipulate the minds of the American people. And so people are so confused. And there's why are people not questioning things anymore? It used to be that we were a very inquisitive society. And now we are very tribal. Like my group says this. Yeah, oh, definitely. And it's not that the country is like breaking up per se, but both parties have started a Tinder profile that the other one doesn't know about. <laughs> it's like it definitely, definitely looking around on the side. I'm not going to lie to you. It's a weird time. But what I think it's a byproduct of is we live in like it's the most intellectually lazy time that we've yeah. ever seen. And I think part of that stems from the convenience of the smartphone. Everything is, you know, just it's beyond instant gratification. They now have like an app called like Amazon Tomorrow, where it sends you what it knows you'll want tomorrow. You know, <laughs> like, it's like Minority Report I, for shopping. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, we, we saw the way you left work today. You're going to want this. I'm like, whoa. Um, and it's probably going to get there in like the next year and a half, which is scary. But I think part of the inconvenience of political disagreement is why we can't coexist anymore. 
It's like there's a button on my phone that'll get me pants in an hour, food in an hour, any literally anything you want. You just hit a button on your phone. So if I want to watch a video, I can hit a button. It'll hit a satellite in space and bounce back to my phone in a second and start playing. But so the idea of a human being being like, I heard what you said, but seems so inconvenient now. We're just like, well, if this person could catch fire, you know, how about we just never talk again? And I think it's that coupled with the fact that the tribal nature of our politics that you mentioned earlier just means that people need to be pointed in a direction of how to feel because the politics now are more about a brand than they are about a country, than they are about a collective investment in a greater good. So it's like you can look at the Biden, uh, you know, potential impeachment and I could get on the radio and tell you in 30 seconds why you should feel the way you should. And if you want to be a conservative, you can just run with whatever I tell you. And the same goes if you were on a liberal, if you were liberal and you wanted to discredit it. But the truth is, if people had um, a little a little more intellectual curiosity, I think a lot of the places where we've been wronged wouldn't have happened, like lockdowns, like vaccine mandates like not having a border wall. I think a lot of the things that happen that harm us all as a collective are the byproduct of us being divided. That's why I hope we can get back to this other thing where it's like, you know, we don't have to like each other. You know, the 78 Yankees, Tudor, before your time, but the 78 Yankees used to actually beat each other up in the locker room, but they won the World Series. You dig? So we don't have to get along in the locker right. room. We don't. Okay. We just, it's 2023. We don't have to get along in the locker room. We don't all have to share the same locker room, you know, but uh, as, as many times as I've tried to get into the women's room over the years, the point I'm trying to make is we can You can let, now. You, yeah, that's what I mean. I'm in. This is it. <laughs> <laughs> it's no big deal. I hit the lottery. But yeah, everybody's just got to everybody's got to chill out. That's where you can help the most. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. I heard Greg Gutfeld say something the other night, and it was a different way of thinking about it for me because he was saying, man, when I was a kid, my teachers weren't talking to me about politics. And I've thought about this a lot. Like I never even, even college, it was not, nobody cared. We were just talking about where we're going out. No one cared about politics when I was in college and it's changed so much, but now it's in the, the lower schools as well. And he made a really good point because I started to think, wow, my teachers, I knew nothing about their political, their, their politics or how they felt. And so I didn't have a conflict when I was a kid because now everybody knows if their parents are Republicans or Democrats, because it's in, it, it is ingrained in every part of what we do. And then your teacher is telling you, I'm a Democrat or I'm a Republican. Generally, they're not. They're telling them I'm a Democrat and your parents are wrong. So you are in a really tough spot because when you're a little kid, your parents can do nothing wrong in your mind. But when you're a little kid, your teacher also can do nothing wrong. So that's where you start having this conflict and they start talking about social emotional learning. They throw that in like you might have turmoil in your heart right now and maybe you have mental health problems. Well, you do have turmoil because it's being created in this society that is constantly trying to choose absolutes where you have to fit. That's that's why the kids like my son who don't show up to class are better off in the long run. <laughs> it's like we make fun of Lincoln. I met him. I don't believe that. He's yeah, well, much smarter than We him. make fun of Lincoln. Well, where's the bar on that one? I went to <laughs> I, I went to community college and majored in intro to Xbox with like a with like a minor in weed and rap music. And look at me now. Look at me now, Tudor Dixon. You can't rock. That's right. But yeah, you're right. Well, hey, America's beautiful. I know. Opportunity that, for everyone. Isn't it amazing? Uh, but you're right. There what they're doing to kids now, and this is really frustrating to me, is they're just denying them the right to be a kid. Like, you know, when you were younger, yeah. when you're younger, at some point, everybody watching this can recall a moment where an adult said to them, oh, you're lucky you're a kid. Enjoy it. This is the best time of your life. Do you remember someone saying that to you when you were like 12 or 10 or eight? Yeah, of course. And looking yeah. back last now, week. Yeah, no, week, maybe. No. But 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 looking back now, you realize that person's speech was probably a little slurred. They were probably stressed out from bills or a marriage or whatever. <laughs> right. But the point is they were dealing with adult adversity because they had to. OK, they were like, don't get to this. Point. Dude, don't look at me. Look at me. OK. <laughs> But understand, okay, those were adult adversities that kids used to be shielded from to the extent that they could be. We didn't deal them in on any of the nonsense, and that was the hook. Like even in the mafia, they say like women and children are off limits. But in the political mafia, the children are absolutely not off limits. They're the targets getting shot at the hardest because they're trying to pump them full of those ideologies and those gender conflicts. Like can you imagine like little kids would never naturally – walk into kindergarten thinking they were trapped in the wrong body. In fact, they're just a few years removed from escaping a different body. 
You know what I'm saying? They're four, right. five, six years old. They just, they just got out of a body. Like they're still in the new one right now. They don't know that they're trapped. They haven't even, you know, made all the payments on the vehicle yet. It's very new. People are throwing change in it. But the point is, in introducing those conflicts now at a younger age, as you probably know, it's just making them more receptive to that identity politics mindset, which I think is like, it drives me so crazy because I really think that is crushing people's self-worth because your identity is like the least interesting thing about you. You know, well, it's crushing people and it's building this power dynamic. Yeah. This just recently happened where someone who had worked for me on the campaign had a group of friends say, because you were a part of this, you can no longer be a part of us. And, and then I, we were talking about this at work and, and another person chimes in and they're like, oh yeah, I also had that happen. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel horrible. You know why? They These are people who have not taken the time to get to know me or learn anything. They see ads and they assume that that's who you are. Like you're this yeah. horrible beast, you know? But then it's not, you know, it's fine if you... I always felt like, okay, I can take it. It's fine if you go after me because I chose this. But then I see all of these people that I love that are around me who didn't choose this. They are just here. They're in my landscape. And because they're in my landscape, people are then looking at them and they're saying like, this is your portrait and you, this is who you are. And so that is destroying young people too, because they are being held to the standard of if you come out in any way and say that you support life or you support a border wall or any of these things, if you're caught in, in this group of new, you know, the new generation coming in, if you're caught in that support in support of that, you're shunned. I mean, you're shunned. Yeah. It's 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 nuts. And it frustrates me that they do base that opinion of you on like commercials, because if they took the time to get to know you, they'd know there were other reasons not to like you. (laughs) I know I'm frustrated. It's like you guys are (laughs) you guys are playing the game on rookie. You could get to all Madden here and you'd really have some intel. I kid. But you're right. And uh, the idea that we're ostracizing anybody, it's just it's really petty, man. And um there's a lot of power in it, though, for of the course. people who have decided to vote but, you off the island. But, but the worst people, that's the point. We're recon- It's back to the victimhood mentality. You're getting voted off the island because they've portrayed your views as a threat to other people. Hey, we, as your potential victims, are weaponizing our power to throw you off the island. It's like, yo, if you can ban people you disagree with, you're not actually oppressed. You know, right. that, was, <laughs> that was like one of my favorite moments of covering this era of rage. OK, is there was a pride parade in Denver a few years back where they were. It was the summer of 2020, I believe. And they were banning the cops from coming. They're like, the cops can't come. They're a threat to the black community. We don't want them here. Never mind that there are loads of gay cops out there, obviously. Um, but they tried to ostracize the cops because that was the fashionable thing to do. But if you're out there presenting yourself as an oppressed group and you can tell the cops are not welcome at your parade, like, dude, you're not oppressed. Tudor, if you threw a gay pride parade in Iran, the cops are coming, dude. They're coming whether you invited them or not. Like it might be the shortest parade in history. And I'm not saying I'm not saying Iran should be the model for the rest of us. I'm saying perspective is something we don't have anymore. And it's because of this tribal nature of just othering other people. That's so dangerous. And that was the really the Brittany Griner moment when everybody said, oh, wait a minute. Do you now see why it's great that you can 
decide not to sing the national anthem, decide to kneel during the national anthem. Like, that's the great thing about this country. You are not oppressed. You can do whatever you want. And and there are things that are not great. I mean, it's not perfect, but there's no one better. There's no country that's coming to save you if America falls because there is no other America. There aren't people trying to break into other countries like they are the United States Mm -hmm. because it's so amazing. And, And I honestly... I'm grateful that you came on today because I think that you are one of those stories of just a a guy who lived, had a great up family upbringing and drove a cab in New York City. And now look at you. Somehow they let you into a place like Fox. And, and it's a, such a full circle moment because after doing this show, I'll probably be driving a cab again. <laughs> Good, good. Come to Michigan. We need some people driving cabs here. <laughs> You're the best. They'll love you in Holland. Ah, tutor. <laughs> Jimmy Fela, thank you so much. You can catch him every weekday, 12 to 3 on Fox Radio, Fox Across America. Thank you so much for being You're with the me. the best, tutor. See you soon, pal. <laughs> and thank you all for joining us on the Tudor Dixon Podcast. As always, for this episode and others, go to TudorDixonPodcast.com. You can subscribe right there or check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And join us the next time on the Tudor Dixon Podcast. Have a blessed day. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.